Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline Leak, episode 175. This is a new show, uh, or this is the show where we only have people from Australia and New Zealand on. Continuing our third weekly guest from Australia, Oceania, New Zealand, whatever, all of that area, is Fudge joining us. We'll introduce him in a second. But first, shout out to Alienware and GameFuel for uh, supporting the channel and the, the show. Really appreciate it. We'll talk more about them later. Mark Zimmerman is here, my constant co-host. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. I'm excited to be here. I love talking League of Legends, especially on holidays. All right. Well, we we did an audio test right beforehand, and then you yelled. Um, right. Well, that was intended to be loud. If I yelled the whole time, you would normalize it, and then... Good job. Anyway, great to have you on. Did you happen to see North America win uh, yesterday? Uh, Mark? Valorant? Yes. I didn't watch all of it. I watched the uh, split. I watched the, the map split. Yeah. And then that was it. And I started doing other stuff. Wonderful, wonderful moment for North America. And the reason why soon I will be leaving League of Legends to cover Valorant. But first, I have to do the show. And our guest this week, as I said at the top of the show, is Fudge. How's it going, Fudge? Doing good. Doing good. Um, was on break since MSI and start scrims tomorrow so this is my uh, last content piece before scrims i guess and then i'm just going to be playing scrims and we have games in like four days so yes that'll be good well uh congratulations on getting back into things how was your break did you did you reset um yeah i mean we, play, we pretty much just still played solo queue though it wasn't really like that much different we just played viego gwen a lot gotcha. they're obviously new champions that were disabled so I had to learn them you don't need to learn Viego. He's never coming to pro play, dude. That thing is <laughs> perma-bugged. Seems that way. Well, either way, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Especially, I know we were figuring stuff out last minute, so it's, it's nice to have you uh, pop on. I, as I said right before the start of the show, I, uh, I, I, I fucked up and released my rankings today of the team salary information and got some of the data mixed up, and so I ranked some of the teams wrong. I, did, I got first and last correct. Which uh, Dignitas first last was uh, C9, the least efficient team, uh, paid the most per win. You guys can go watch the video that's going to go up. Uh, if if you're watching the VOD, in a couple hours the the fixed video will go up. I I just re-recorded it before the start of the show, and my editor's going to edit it in the morning, so should be good. But I will just save them now, on show, even though it's going to screw over my views because it's my punishment to myself uh, for getting something wrong and failing. So it goes from the top. Dig, Immortals, FlyQuest, 100T, Golden Guardians, TL, EG, TSM, CLG, C9. So there's your efficiency rankings. Wait, what's the difference? What, uh, it's EG was a little lower? No, there's a couple different things. 100T's higher. FlyQuest, for some reason, I don't know how the data got so screwed up that I had FlyQuest second to last. They were second to last. CLG was a little was much higher, I think. CLG now second to last. So there's a decent amount. Golden Guardians is lower. A lot of, a lot of the middle uh, changed around. Okay. Um, just because the data was again. Oh, it's a travesty. Yes, I explain what happened in the video. It's my my fuck up. I normally hate the word travesty, but I will accept it in this situation because uh, I deserve to have my name used as a an insult. Okay, so uh, we could talk about the rankings on the show. There's actually a ton to talk about. I'm really excited about it. That's a lot, yeah. Yes. So the, my rankings came out. I don't know if anybody wants to talk about that. 
Fudge, do you have an opinion on the fact that your team is paying more for any other team than a, a win? For a win? Worth, bro. It's worth. Okay, very good. Um, there it's is... worth it to me, of course, because it's not out of my, my pocket, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, how much does it change, Travis, with King in? Because uh, maybe, I don't maybe know. they... I mean, I, I assume significantly, but I don't know. And also, like, when you say how much does it change, it's kind of, like, weird because... The changes yeah, yeah. based off of data or games where like Sven was playing or whatever. So I was either way. I'm just uh, you know surprised that you, you started with the lead of your story and not the fact that Fudge benched Sven. I was not. My joke was yeah, just going to yeah. be like we'd go through everything and ignore that and be like, was there anything else? And now you've oh you've hilarious. Uh, Fudge, why did you bench Sven? See nepotism. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, once again, OCE nepotism strikes. So obviously we have the Zven situation. It's a little weird because uh, we're going to talk about it with Fudge. I don't know how much he'll be able to. How much do you? How comfortable are you even talking about any of this stuff, Fudge, around the Zven stuff? Not comfortable. You're what? You're you're uncomfortable. Not, not, not comfortable. comfortable. Okay, okay. Yes. Well, maybe we'll do a call where uh, I don't Fudge, know. Yeah. Fudge can get up yeah. and get himself dinner or something like that while we. We take a call about it because obviously. It's I mean, I, I can. Okay. I mean, I can talk about it, but it's like it's not really like I'm not going to reveal details, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. it's it's bold to come on a show immediately after a, a high-profile roster change, then be like, "Can't yeah. talk about it." Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a little bit weird. Well, regardless, I, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a, a way we can phrase the question that you can't answer. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. There is also the uh, Mithy interview that I did say more C9 folks. Well, I guess we should say Mithy also ending up in the the uh, head coach position. But Mithy did an interview with me where he was talking about the the replay stuff and how he wants uh, Riot to basically have a public repository of replays available for everybody to access from Law Esports events. Mark, it reminded me a lot of the discussion you and I had back in like 2015, uh, where you were calling on them to like basically make the the playtest, not the playtest, like the sandbox mode thing. Anything, yes. for the love of God. Anything? Anything. Give us Are, anything to... You, on replay stuff. You're agreeing You're agreeing with me that you're saying. About anything. For making practice better than loading into a fucking game and playing just that. Or like... Watching a trying to, Yeah, pulling up people like Twitch highlights and stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, so that I think that's a great discussion. I'm really happy... Not just because I talked about. It. I mean, Mithy started that conversation when uh, when we somebody's saying my audio is soft, so I'm bumping it up a bit. Um, so, so Mithy started that conversation. And I just followed up on it, so I appreciate him for starting it. Uh, what else am I missing? While I'm uh, the fact that the season starts to this weekend. Well, I was talking about news. Talk about I did. Yes, we should talk about the season starting, but I didn't know if there was any other updates on stuff. Not that I can remember. I think that's most of it. Twitch chat will tell us now more if um, if there's something. Uh, Why am I here? You don't you don't care about the order of which I, I bring things up. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was only talking about news. Why am I here, Travis? I'm distracted because I'm trying to get my own video removed from the legalized subreddit because I had to to private it and announce. We're not talking about EU here, Peter. We're not talking about all the crazy ass roster jungle swaps and. The self-made memes, okay? They had all the cool drama. I mean, I guess you guys saved us with the Sven and Ross. The Sven stuff otherwise... was great. What are you talking about? 
Otherwise, it's classic we had C9. Nothing. Classic C9. Beloved, yeah. uh, beloved ADC comes back from there at the start of summer, ends up benched. What what more can you under under quiet circumstances? It's it's a perfect situation. Because the top laner complained. It was licorice and sneaky, and now it's fudge and Sven. Are it's wait the same. Uh, are people saying that it's? Hang on. Well, we'll just no. fudge. Close your ears. Uh, Mark, is <laughs> am I missing this on in some discussion? No. Are people claiming? No, that's no, no, no. Oh, you're no, just no, trying no. to start this. I am just being an asshole. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, no Sven, no worlds. That's my new my new motto. Um. Uh, all right. Just kidding. Excited for King. Um, I think that's it. Twitch chat, uh, I think is saying nothing else. They're mostly just spamming about the, uh, the EU stuff, which I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough to about EU to like, I, I do rift reaction tomorrow and Emily's going to tell me what to, how I should feel about all the EU stuff. I haven't done it yet. I have to, I have to wait for that, but I don't know. We already talked about the EG definitely news previously. Uh, so I think, I think that's mostly it, but Mark, as you pointed out, LCS starts, this week so we'll talk about that my apologies to you for uh not yeah we'll talk about it okay that's true well while i'm figuring out this reddit thing why don't you ask fudge some questions about his life and who he is and uh okay hey fudge you said you guys have been doing solo queue you haven't picked up a scrims for anyone yet yeah we don't start scrims till tomorrow which is kind of which kind of sucks to be honest because we only have like three days of scrims before we play um, yeah. So yeah, might end, but we'll see. What? I guess. <laughs> what patch is a uh, LCS on? I think it's eleven eleven. Yeah. Ooh. So and what? It was eleven nine for. Uh. For MSI. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, eleven nine. Pretty sure. Well, that sounds. That sounds fun. Three days of scrims, two patches forward. <laughs> Did you get yeah, today I mean, off because right. of uh, Memorial Day, Fudge? No, we just didn't have scrims. We haven't had scrims in the, since MSI. I just I'm, I wonder if other teams were scrim. This is not a call out on you. I just wonder if other teams were scrimming or if everybody took the Monday off. I'm not sure. Okay. Actually, I actually don't know. Well, uh, okay. Scrimming, so. so you can't use scrims as any data. What's your power ranking? For, how do we do power rankings in summer, anyways? Because all the records carry over. How the fuck do you do power rankings in summer? Uh, you just rank them based off of who you think is strongest to weakest. You ignore the current standings and you just say, who do I think is the best team and who do I think is the worst and everything that's But most, most power rankings that I've done are like looking towards the end of the split, how good you think the teams are going to be. So, you, so you'd be like, oh yeah, I think C9, like I put C9 number one over TL last time, but I said like, oh, I think TL will start a little better. And then, you know, like, yeah, they won lock-in, but then they lost final or c9 one final so you want to so do like, predictions not power rankings well it, it's i mean that's what most people's power rankings are is what i'm telling you i feel like power rankings As, are usually a snapshot of that moment but that's what power rankings should be but the way people do them in the league scene myself included is we call them power rankings but they are more referencing end of split positions in gotcha. the regular season okay so i mean we, we can debate the terminology but i'm just saying how the fuck do you do that in the new summer split I don't know. That is uh, very awkward. Yes, I'm actually not sure. Who who do you think is going to Worlds, Fudge? Mm, it's us and TL, for sure. And probably 100 Thieves, I think. There it is. I think Abadage uh, improves the team quite a bit. Compared Have to you what heard? Used to be. Any, any uh, like, 
you know, talk about who's looking good right now in scrims, or have you guys just kind of been like on an island? I've been, on a, well, I've been on an island. Maybe like my teammates know, but I don't know anything about scrims. Our, our academy team actually scrimmed some of the LCS teams, and they look fine, I guess. I mean, there's no one like I don't I don't actually know if TL scrimming. I assume they are, but we'll see. I actually don't know any of the scrim results. Mark, how about you? Who's going to Worlds? Um, prediction. I mean, I would have said TSM, but now Fudge just said something else, so I'm just going to nod and agree. Yeah, but he doesn't have. He just admitted he doesn't have like extra data or something. You might have uh, scrim results behind the scenes, Mark. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I have vast knowledge of of the scrims right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I would still bet on TSM, honestly. Um, I mean, I don't know what you know. I think their loss to TL didn't look quite as bad after what happened in the finals with. You know, C9 going to five games. I think they can keep getting better. I think Abadagi will be a big upgrade, and I know, but we'll have to see. I feel like 100 Thieves had a lot of problems. Yeah. That is true. I agree. Yeah. Well, I I will also go with the TSM situation. I was about to just move on, and I realized I hadn't made the prediction, which is cowardly uh, of me. No, uh, we're used to that, though. Yes. I know. I think, I think uh, Bjergsen's going to make it work. He was he was revving up into his coaching situation. Mark spamming the chat when when he jettisons himself into mid lane. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait, what, somebody told me that. Uh, well, oh one. Somebody told me that Reggie and TSM have been tweeting a bunch of stuff, teasing things, and uh, so Reggie tweeted, "Feels like it's time for a change." Hashtag TSM. I don't know if anybody is there. Rumors about what's happening. I don't know. That sounds like they're doing a new logo or something stupid. Oh, that sounds okay. exactly like the kind of thing where they're going to be like, look at our new jerseys, a change. Yeah, I think he's just trying to, you know, bring some attention. That's all. Okay. Well, too prediction. much fudge hype going around, yeah. There goes that. <laughs> Secondly, at the start of this, somebody was asking if uh, LCS is going to be in the studio this split. Mark said he had the deets. Go ahead, Mark. Now's your moment. What's going on? Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. But you know, you know what's gonna happen. You just can't. Say I it. know that I'm supposed to go somewhere at some point this week. Okay, but it could just be to my apartment, for instance. Yeah, it could be. Yes, could be to drop the car off to get you're it gonna, to the, the car gonna, shop. I don't know. You're gonna duo cast with. Kobe out of his bedroom uh, is the the big. Yeah, we're not reveal. allowed in studio, but I'll go into his bedroom because yes. that's safer. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the analyst desk now taking place from Kobe's bedroom. Uh, that's the uh, that's the news. Uh, okay, well I've got two other things for people uh, for me to complain about, and then and I know Fudge hasn't had a chance to talk too much yet, but when we get to calls, he's going to have some stuff. I'll have some stuff, bro. Okay, one. Uh, it's been three weeks since, or three months since Riot did not talk to me about the import rule. And on that topic, uh, tomorrow Riot is finally hosting a media day. Uh, I consider not attending because I feel pretty uncomfortable with the situation. They are, but I, I will attend just so that I can get the information to people and then I will just publicly make my frustrations uh, voiced. But tomorrow they are... Um, presenting to media several different things. Uh, I don't think I can say any of the details yet because I guess everything there is going to be under embargo until the next day. But uh, 
one of the things that they're doing is League Ops is presenting. A couple other teams are presenting. So League Ops is Greeley. Uh, we can only pre-submit questions. So for League Ops. Everybody else we get a live Q&A with. But we have to pre-submit our questions ahead of time. Which I think is like pretty not great. Uh, and this is, follows a trend of having to pre-submit questions at MSI. And so I just really don't like the way that Riot is doing this stuff. Uh, and I want to raise it now as a thing. And um, I I just think it's weird. I mean, at a certain point in time, it's like, I can just, why doesn't everybody just send them questions? They write their answers and then send them back because that's kind of how this is going to go. Uh, I don't know. Pretty lame. All right. Wait, so, so, wait, wait, wait. So, so like, for example, like the press interviews that we have, like after our game days, you can't no, do no, that No, no, I'm talking about in the media day that's happening tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. They, they normally do live, basically this live press conference with the media where you get, everybody gets to ask Greeley questions. Okay, like, got it. Oh, got Greeley, it, got it, okay. uh, why is the format this way? Or would you ever Okay, so it's like way? MSI. It's like MSI, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, yes. okay. And instead, yeah. So, and I just, like, it's not a great, from a transparency perspective and from like a, a interactions with media perspective, it's pretty disappointing um, because for instance, I can submit a question about the import rule. They can then, sp I mean, they probably know I was going to ask about it anyway, but it's like they can look at the question, just rehearse an answer or like write down an answer in a document and read it off the computer over the zoom call. You know, it's just like, it's, it's not great. Um, it's really not great. So anyway, I just feel uncomfortable with that. And I thought I would voice it because I, I worry about the, this trend that Riot has of pre-screening questions that started at MSI and now it's leaking into LCS. I don't understand. All right. Mark, you want to explain how the show works? No, I'm going to sit, kick, take our first caller. How about that? You already pulled somebody? Pulled a bunch of people. Okay, fine. Show works. It's a call-in show. You can pit your topics in the Pleb Topics channel. Subtopics if you're a sub. Thank you for being a sub if you are. Sync your Discord and your Twitch to make sure that you get access to the Subtopics channel if you are a sub. Uh, there's a ton of questions. I'm glad we're getting a ton of questions this week uh, because I think there's a lot to talk about. So uh, our first caller is here. Vararnox is here. Uh, just Vero. Where, Vero? Yes. Okay. Where are you calling from, Vero? I'm calling from Germany. Calling from Germany. What? Uh, well, what time is it there? Uh, 4 a.m. currently. 4 a.m. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show? So it's a question like specifically for Fudge. In regards of the LCS Player Association um, saying that they're going to get some new members, do you as a new player or now like, uh, yeah, do you ever as a player really think about the LCS Player Association as a helpful tool? And like, do you think that you can like actually go to them if there are any problems? Wait, this is perfect. Um, I completely forgot about the Players Association news. Sure. We didn't even mention True. it. True. We did forget about that, actually. Yes. Okay. Um, so for, for your question, uh, I think right now, um, not many players, including me probably, would have gone to the Players Association with any issues that they have. Um, maybe there are players that I don't really know about, but uh, in the past, it hasn't really been that useful. But I do know that uh, obviously, Dashan, who's the president of the Players Association, is on our academy team. And I talk to him quite a bit. And I do know that he's working really, really hard, especially with all the new board members, to like try to make it useful towards the players. So I think they're actually on in a pretty good like uh, 
they have a pretty good like direction for what they want to do, and I think that it could end up being quite useful to players. Um, but I, I do think that like in the past, it hasn't been as useful as it could be. What have they have they had a lot of conversations with you yet, Fudge? Uh, I've talked with Dashan a little bit about it, but not direct, like not like a formal uh, conversation. No. You haven't talked to like Phil the the no, new no, guy. No, okay. No. Um, but you, it sounds like you feel more confident now than you did previously. Uh, yeah, I think that they, they're starting to get like the ball rolling, I guess. What, what do you want them to address? Do you have anything that you'd like to see them? Um, I don't think I can say it. Oh, (laughs) okay. Wait, that's, that's a big tease. I I think it's not very like, I don't think it's like good to say publicly. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Cause like normally when I feel like. My expected thing when we ask about the players' association is so your eyes glaze over and you don't you're like I don't really have any thoughts. But the fact that you have something that's bothering you makes me be like, ooh. Now it's to do with contracts mainly. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I assume I assume academy stuff. I was gonna say don't don't react. Buyouts. He didn't react. No. It, oh. It's not buyouts. <laughs> right. I, assume, I assume it's academy stuff because I think there's probably a lot of people who have played in academy previously. We should say, okay, so they released the player reps from each team because each team now has a player rep. It can be an academy player, by the way. The player reps are supposed to uh, talk to the players and sort of organize ba- based off of the team that they're on. TL, CoreJJ, C9, Darshan, Dig, Lorlo, uh, Golden Guardians Prismal, TSM Cody Sun, IMT Revenge, CLG Hooks, 100T Huhi, EG Team Luke, and FlyQuest Palafox. So there's your your team reps. That, that wasn't in the interview, but I guess they figured it out afterwards because uh, Phil dropped that in the, the ARAM. Conver- AMA. The ARAM AMA. <laughs> Jesus. The ARAM AMA. Okay, nice. Yes. Uh, Vero, what do you think of all this? Um, I think it's pretty cool to know and like that there's like actually some like good changes coming and like almost like as a follow-up question to Fudge as well like do you think that like actually the history of a player association being basically just a meme will actively hurt them in the future um I think a lot of people already like dismissed them right like right now so I'd say it definitely affects them like what what like their history and what people perceive them as like a narrative um but I do think that if they are capable, they'll be able to like change the narrative quite easily uh, within like the scene. Very good. Uh, well, thank you, Vero. I believe that probably answers your questions. Is there uh, anything else that you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, nothing much. Just thank you for having me. Shout out to GameFuel and Alienware. And also shout out to Fudge for smurfing in MSI. Very good. Thank you. Well, yeah. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. I'm glad we got some players association stuff in there. Oh, um, I actually forgot about it. Yeah. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. I guess I can shout out some subs cuz uh we've had quite a few. Uh Vicenzo Lorenzo gifted a sub to Portillo. Uh Haiwa AI, Daniel N92, Darking, Purple Ray Q. Botman5, uh, Veronox, Salizar, and Insaya. Oh, Jordan, Omega Diamond, Zinc, Baka player. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. What's going on with your lighting, Fudge? Is it terrible? Oh, it's because no, I'm, I'm changing tabs. Oh, no, I'm okay, changing okay, tabs. Okay. That's why. Sorry. 
Uh, Bro Sciences Players Association is a big waste. Yeah, I would just say really quickly, they announced completely new leadership. So I think that maybe it's time to consider them differently than you did before. That's how I feel about it. T-Root is here. T-Root, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Beaverton, Oregon. Gotcha. Wait, did you say Beaverton? Yes, I did. Okay, Beaverton, Oregon. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my call here today is kind of a jumping in, you know, getting an early prediction that Dignitas is going to be the third seed to Worlds from NA this year. Whoa, okay. All right. Uh, what makes you say that? Um, I just think pound for pound, uh, this is the, you know, what might put people might call the money ball team, like as your videos show that they're getting the most value from their players. Um, and I just think that they have honestly the highest, one of the higher ceilings in the league compared to some of the other top five teams like TSM or EG. Uh, and I just think that over the course of, I mean, hopefully they don't bomb out like they did last spring, but I think that was a mental thing that I, God willing, they've worked on. <laughs> Um, and that by the end of summer that they could easily take down like TSM or 100T in a best of five. Well, I want to I want to just clarify my video ranks them by their efficiency. If you think it's like a money ball situation, then you would probably have a lot more faith than like IMT and others that are really high up on that list. Uh, and like Cloud9's at the bottom of the list, right? So it's not not necessarily a money ball situation oh. if you want to use it as a way of rank some of the stuff. I mean, you can't also just be like, well, we got zero, we got one win, but we also only paid in Cheetos, you know, like, well, that's still not really money ball just because you didn't win at all. Yeah. Um, but you, what makes you so confident they can take on TSM or 100T, T-Root? Well, I, I think that even just during the regular season, they have the advantage over TSM already, and I think that they can do that continuously. Uh, throughout the year. I think that the only place that TSM has an advantage over Dig is in the mid lane. I think that uh, top jungle and bot lane is more favored on Dig side. Um, and as far as 100T, I don't know how to evaluate them because I haven't seen them play with uh, Abadage yet. And they, are, they had some issues going into spring playoffs and kind of how that faltered out. Um, I don't know. I just, I have my, my team and I'm going to stick with them until I can't stick with them no more. All right. Fudge. Why is cloud or why is, why is Dignitas the third team to go to worlds over your prediction of hundred T? Uh, well, I think, I think Dignitas is likely that they're just like around sixth behind maybe EG and fifth because I mean, well, I think for spring split where they like won a lot, right? I think that's a lot of it was the other teams playing really, really bad and almost giving them the wins. I don't, I don't like, I think that it's possible that other teams like do the same thing in summer, right? But I do think that teams generally clean up, clean up like their play in summer split because it matters a lot more. Like for example, for 100 Thieves and TSM, getting third is like the most important thing. Like they're, they're like really care about getting third. And I think it's going to be extremely hard to beat those two teams for the other teams because they're going to be really focused on these this split in comparison to last split. Um, and I do think that the team is just generally worse. Like individually, I think all the players are pretty much worse on Dignitas compared to TSM and 100 Thieves. So you don't buy T-Root's explanation that pound for pound they're better in every lane except for mid over TSM? Uh, I disagree with that. Okay. I think that Huni, Speaker... 
uh, I think Lost vs. Neo is debatable, but I think Sword Art is also better than Aphromoo. So I, th I think that that is better in every... Like, I think TSM is just better in every spot, and I think 100 Thieves... Uh, except for maybe support, 100 Thieves is like better in every position. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Mark? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Fudge. I think uh, on the individual skill level, I don't think that that... Like, if I was going to pitch Dig as the third seed, I don't think the, like... They're better in a bunch of positions would be the angle I would take versus 100 Thieves or, or TSM. Um, I think you could maybe say, like, hey, they seem to work really well together. And, like, they had a better identity than some, like than 100 Thieves seemed to uh, last we saw them. You know, like, I think you could maybe make some of those pitches. Uh, because I don't buy in the the individual outplay one. Um, I think you can say that like they're scrappy. You know, they're they're able to pick up a lot of people's throws because they themselves like aren't like don't tilt themselves out of the game. And like you know, you can maybe talk about some positives that way. But I think all split long, people were doubting Dignitas and saying like, oh, the other shoe's gonna drop and they're gonna suck. And like they never like imploded but uh, you know all the teams that you would have expected to end up over them minus eg ended up over them and so like i think that's i think fudge is, is pretty right saying that you know they're probably the sixth place team maybe they hang on to fifth i mean it's a one game lead they got over eg heading into this and maybe you know with uh fuck what is the name he goes by now it's not shiro i always forget it yeah Dan uh danny danny yeah yeah, maybe maybe there's some issues with him coming in and, and they still struggle. But otherwise, yeah, I would expect EG and Dig to be fighting for fifth, sixth, not third. Well, we'll see how things go. Uh, T-Root, any, any rebuttals to any of this? I mean, I'm not going to argue with the professionals. I mean, I knew it was a hot take coming into it, but, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, so sometimes you just got to root for the underdogs. And to me, Dignitas is the, the underdog that I think will come out at the, the end of the day. Well, I agree. They're a fun. If you want to root for underdogs, I agree that Dig is a fun underdog to root for because they're they're the full NA team, and they did seem to, as Mark was pointing out or reminding us, they did seem to overperform people's expectations, uh, and they did end up number one on my list, which has no relevance necessarily how well they can get to worlds. But it is it is cool. Anyway, thanks to you, Root. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, just shout out to my friends and the podcast that we do, Blue, Swag, Kofta, you know, just shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Thanks, T-Root, for the call. Yeah, thank you. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. The next caller, I want my, Mark to speak first. You want Mark to speak first, okay. I, well, I, the I last two have been questions for you. Yes, it's true, but I mean, well, the second one wasn't the Dignitas wasn't, but yeah, yeah. Mark is just gonna Mark is just gonna answer the same as me, you know. I, I want him to like agree with them, and then okay, I disagree. Okay. Often, I'll throw but... it to Mark. He can't hear us right now, so he doesn't. Know yeah, it, exactly. I'll, I'll make exactly. sure it's it. even if it's a question for you. I'm gonna say, okay, maybe not Mark that case, is yeah. back. Uh, do you, how do you want me to say your name? Uh, you could just say David or Dave, whatever. Dave. Your I don't know how to pronounce your last name, which is I believe what your your Discord is. Dave, uh, where are you calling from? Calling from Hell's Kitchen in New York City. Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Dave, by the way, for those that don't know, is an avid esports TikToker. I recognize his name. Uh, Dave, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I want to say that Fudge is the best player that we have seen in the LCS, arguably since Doublelift's introduction, and that if the LCS is not marketing their content around him to not only push the storylines of 
his growth both domestically and internationally but also just for the lcs as a whole it's one of the worst decisions i've ever seen in my life can you like, experience this is a golden opportunity for them to do something that fans have been pleading for for a long time can you so sorry just to, to hone in you said it's he's the the best player to join the league since double or the most marketable what was it again both not only the the best skilled player that we have seen since double lift joining the lcs but also the most marketable given the storylines and his ability to doesn't that count double or bjergsen as well um i'm just i i mean i'm not i'm just trying to get your take double lift has been here since the beginning so you're basically saying he's the second greatest player north america's ever had second most marketable i'm i'm going at the moment yeah, I would say he like his rise could potentially equal double. Like I'm thinking about this in terms of the glass ceiling that he has. Even though Bjergsen's story was good, it does not it it does not rival the same story that Doublelift had. Obviously, given the drama, given everything else that has gone on there, the I community hatred that, for Fudge has already ceiling. set that bar. I think so, he's ceiling that glass ceiling because glass ceiling would be he's gonna he's, he's gonna hit that glass ceiling and go right through it that's what he's saying okay mark yeah do you agree is fudge the second... i just hope i i just hope fudge remembers me when he's got like goes flying past bjergsen's 1.3 million twitter followers <laughs> i i think fudge i hope he's still coming into hotline league streams and to watching us fair, in hot tubs to be fair to dave's point if the LCS doesn't do a great job of marketing him the way they marketed Bjergsen like crazy, uh, perhaps that could, you know, it could inhibit his ability to grow to those numbers. Uh, but I mean, this this is one of those takes where like the the caller went so far above and beyond where you know like it's like oh, you know like I don't want to shit talk fudge on the call, but like no, just be a, honest, man. There's been a but lot of good players. Think. There's been a lot of good players in the LCS, uh, you know, and I don't think. Your first split is quite ready for me to put you as the second best talent we've ever seen in North America. You well, know, Dave, you maybe I'm just a slow learner. That's logical, uh, man. That's logical. Dave, you don't just mean by performance, I assume, right? Because you also said marketable. Well, he said both. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so so, I'm, best so I, I actually have numbers to back this up as well. Okay, so, uh, I'm ready. Travis, I've sent you the social media analytics. I've been tracking all the social media data for all LCS teams since franchising began. All Twitter uh instagram TikTok, everything i have all the numbers from this past split from the start of spring split to now fudge is the second he had the second largest growth behind only perks uh he gained seven thousand followers from the start of spring until now close behind him were blabber lost and speaker all fairly marketable players but no none of them have seen the the success that fudge has both internationally and domestically. Blabber obviously has seen a lot of success over the last year domestically, but has not translated that internationally, nor in the amount of time that he's been on social media has not been able to push the same Doesn't amount of following Doesn't the perks number at least undercut your, your argument though? Yes and no, because I got that number right as perks joined the LCS. So there was a boost from him joining. Uh, Fudge did not see the same boost initially his growth was more steady over the split i love it talk numbers to me uh i mean so on the talent point we i've already pretty much said said my piece you know like i think fudge is really good he's in like the start of his split till now has been just a, a rocket straight up and like i expect him to 
you know, if he can go to MSI and clap some people, I expect him to have more clapping performances in summer than he had in spring. Uh, you know, I hope he doesn't play. What was it? Eight games of Gragas in a row or some shit they had you with Good an ankle. Good ankle old time, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now you got that ankle weight off. I hope you're finally able to actually style on some people. Um, but like, you know, it'll take uh, some time for the legacy part to get in there. But I do agree that like Fudge has a pretty fucking good personality. Has talked smack. Has backed it up. Uh, it's got some memes on Twitter working for him. You know, like I agree that the LCS should be painting Fudge as one of the best new up-and-comers in, in the scene, uh, especially considering, like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Blabber, but he, he's been, you know, playing for three years now, uh, whereas Fudge has been playing for 18 months total of professional league, if even that. Well, how long have you been playing for? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I started playing in, like, 2019 split two, right? In OC. Yeah. So and then I came to NA in 2020. Yeah, so a little over... Okay, two so, around so two years. For, for this thing, I think most of my growth was because of being like associated with LS mostly. Uh, I think it's really easy to like the the community has a really high opinion of you whenever you like uh, get hyped up by like streamers in general. So I think that a lot of it is like, well, of, of course, like I think like people are like sort of like over hyping me now because i like did well at msi wait fudge like relative like most people yeah alice said that you are the i think he power ranked you the best top laner in the league right above alfari for this split yeah yeah okay. for this split okay yeah. so you're saying i'm i'm curious you're saying a lot of the hype is because alice is hyping you do you think it's un undeserved like do you think that okay, you don't okay, deserve okay, okay. top what top? i mean is every time there's like the fudge factor meme right there's like the fudge factor meme and then there's like the the fudge sandwich meme which is from c9 twitter which was which is actually really good yeah I, I i like that they they like push for that so much but i guess i mean obviously it's like whenever you have a good performance everyone like hypes you up a lot so like right now there's a lot of hype but if i start like for example week one i go into week one i get shit on by solo get shit on by someday get shit on by alfari everyone's gonna think fudge is the worst player in the world instant trash player Every like the worst play I've ever seen in my life needs to be kicked off C9, put in dash on. That's what people are just gonna say, right? It's just like people just change their opinion instantly. So I wouldn't say, and also for like the social media point, I think I'm like, uh, if I keep playing well, then it's really easy to market me. But if you don't play well, like you're just doomed. Like that, that's it. So for me, what's most important for me is just that I keep playing well, so that it's really easy to market, like yourself, uh, and. For the for the question about LS, like uh, his like expectations of me, I think I think like the rankings are fine because I do think that like he obviously knows more about the game than other people, uh, but he also just like hypes me up in general uh, with like the fudge factor memes stuff like that. So I think a lot of people have like a really good perception of me, whereas like maybe a player that had the same performance that isn't associated with anyone would have would be like everyone would be fine with them, but it wouldn't be like that hype. How much thought do you put into the more social media PR oriented side of being a pro? Like, do you buddy up to Travis and I and LS because you want the the hype in, in the Twitch channels and the co-streams and stuff? No, I, I just like find it fun to like just be in Twitch channels and like talk to, talk to like random people. And it's just like, it's just fun. Not random people, obviously. Talk to people. <laughs> it's just fun, right? But obviously like, I talk to LS a lot about it because he thinks like brand is really important for players. 
always tells me to tweet permanently. Mateus Portillo in chat permanently tells me to tweet after every game. So he's also uh, he's also uh, uh, helpful, I guess. Pusher, yeah. And yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not like I'm not like fake, you know. I didn't go on social media and like befriend everyone because I'm like trying to gain followers or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here's why. Here's I. I'm not saying I'll go as far as is Dave's take for us in the in the call, but here's a couple of reasons why I think it would. If you were to invest in player stock, why investing in fudge stock would be good. So one, fudge is 19. Uh, this is like a teenage guy that we've got hanging out on the show. One of the things I think uh, that Bjergsen and Doublelift really benefited from was the fact that they did start their careers and like their international performances at such a young age that it allowed them a really long runway to find success and to build brands, right? Whereas I think there's a lot of players these days that are showing up, you know, they spend a couple years in academy and maybe they come in academy after being in college. And so we're finding them at like 22, 23 and they don't have the runway to necessarily like you know, grow and grow and grow, develop their skills, develop their personas, develop their personality. So I think that's one big reason. I mean, I think the other thing is like, clearly Fudge has exploded onto the scene in a in a really impressive way in a very short time. And I think that that also makes me really, like I would invest in, in Fudge points if I could, because I think that that's a really good sign if you're trying to make a bet on somebody is like, cause even to your point fudge, you could go in, you could suck for like the first couple of games and people would be like bench fudge. Wow. Here's all the reasons why the hype at MSI was wrong. It was actually just because blabber was doing the blah. I don't know, whatever. And then, um, and then people could complain, but then all you need is a couple new good wins or, you know, to pop off at finals and people forget, how that stuff works. So, and yeah, I've seen it happen a million times. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened with me, right? Yeah, exactly. Entire, but everyone was like, "Worst player, bench him." Terrible. And then I play well in playoffs, play okay in finals, do well at MSI, and then now everyone's like, you know, hyped. Yes, I, mean, I think it, sentiment around yeah. players goes up and down over time. But as long as it's staying either kind of st either high and it's like steady at that, or it's going up and to the right um, in general, I think. You're going to be in a, in a good point. I mean, I like the call a lot, um, cool. even though Twitch chat is like, oh, my God. And I think maybe it's a little ambitious to say since Doublelift, ignoring, you know, Bjergsen and players like that. But uh, I, I I think it's really I mean, good. yeah, this is definitely one of the calls where you're like, I agree with the spirit of what you're saying, even if you're, you're being a little uh, over the top. You know, trying to be a little hot takey. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the, the fudge coin, it'll you know, maybe it'll crash in week one. But I expect you know, just to hold through it. It will cover strong. Yeah, diamond hands on on the fudge diamond coin. hands. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's I'll, I'll admit I because especially because I don't follow Academy that much. I I can agree kind of with what Fudge was saying about the LS stuff because I got excited for Fudge to join the LCS in part because there was so much hype around him. In part because LS was hyping him up a ton, and then when I saw Lockin which uh, I think didn't go perhaps the way you would have liked to, to have gone. Like, I was like, okay, well, LS was hyping up his friend, and uh, that's, you know, that's what happens sometimes. But but I, I don't know. I, I'm more of a believer. And I here's what I will say. Port, Porti, Portillo, Matty, Mateus, Cloud9 social manager man, 
has been saying like the LCS needs more, more spice. And I agree with it a lot because I was covering, uh, the Valorant scene this past week. And I really enjoyed interviewing those players and seeing their press conferences and seeing their interviews. There was a ton of personality, a lot of cockiness, a lot of fun. And, uh, and I, I miss having a lot of that in the LCS. We don't have a lot of, we talked about it before and fudge bringing that I think is, um, something that's been really enjoyable. And I think you force other people to react to kind of your bold statements, fudge. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I was, I was very, uh, relaxed in the later part of the, uh, split. I don't think I said anything about it. After after the first couple of weeks, I went pretty. I, I guess I had like the Alfari tweet. Uh, the Alfari I did another tweet. interview with you. Oh yeah, and you got a million dislikes. Un unfortunate for that one, but yes, it... <laughs> yes, you tanked my YouTube uh, video ratio because you even said that you thought you were second best Alfari. It wasn't like you went silent after those first. I know you were a little quiet for the first couple of weeks of LCS, but uh, you were you were still cocky. It's good. I, I uh, have you guys done the the media day thing? I assume they're doing that where like you come in for interviews and stuff with uh, uh, Ryan. I said day. I don't think I don't think I'm having that because uh, we. I think that was when MSI was happening. So oh okay. It was like the MSI Rumble stage. I think was when the house was happening. So we didn't actually come back for that. Damn, mm -hmm. I was gonna say I can't. I'm excited to see what you said, but apparently nothing. Well, well there, I can tweet to Dave's there. point, Riot should be spending time interviewing. For, they should make. He should have had to decline Hotline League tonight because he was doing something with the LCS to make sure that he was in some hype video being like, uh, you know, with his fist in between two pieces of bread telling Core <laughs> JJ he's coming for him or something. Uh, as drones fly around LA and people cross their arms. Okay. Uh, Dave, any follow-up on any of the stuff that we've talked about? Yeah, I want to just give one anecdotal point is that I'm not sure how much you follow the NFL or American football fudge, but there's a player called Juju Smith-Schuster who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he started creating content on not only YouTube, but primarily TikTok when the season began this past year. He got in a little bit of trouble because he was dancing on opposing teams' logos in their stadiums and putting it on TikTok to the point where people started hating him across the community. But what happened as a byproduct of that was that he grew his social media presence 20x. He became easily the most recognized name in the NFL that you wouldn't have known a year and a half ago if you weren't a fan of the Steelers. So please, by all means, do not stop shit-talking on Twitter. Amp it up, if anything. And that's also a challenge to the LCS and Cloud9. There is, like, there is no excuse to why you can't get somebody like Fudge with only 15K followers on Twitter to 30K by the end of the year make it happen there's like there's no excuse this can happen easily if if perks has 376,000 followers this should be nothing i thought you were gonna say make a tiktok yeah I i'm gonna make a tiktok and i'm just gonna shit talk every player in lcs you should know. make i a mean TikTok. if i can hit 17k tiktok with no following and nobody knows who i am you could easily do it overnight Plus, Cloud9 has a great TikTok presence, so you could, like, duet them and stuff like that. Portillo. Sure. Portillo in chat. Make the TikTok, Portillo. Wait, does LS have a TikTok? No, I don't think he does. Well, He's he should have one because I, I posted a highlight from Hotline League where he was on, and that's, I think, my highest performing TikTok. So it might be that or there's a TSM one that I've, I've done that also performed really well. But TikTok's the future. The boomers in my Twitch chat will tell you it's wrong, but... 
Dave? I, I thought for sure you're going to give him advice about, like, you know, go get the logos from all the teams and, like, I don't know, spit on them. Or, oh. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say, but, uh, yeah, I thought you're going to have some specific content ideas for him. I mean, quite frankly, anything when you win a game, like similar to the DeMonte player cam, obviously if we're in COVID, there's kind of limitations on that. But the second we're back in studio, like go the Call of Duty route because that's where I'm used to everything. Stand up and just start yelling at the other team when you win. Like yeah, so, stare them down, anything. Okay, so so this is what people in OC used to like yell at each other across the stage when they, was, like, they were really close to each other, right? But I'm pretty sure Riot actually doesn't allow this. I'm pretty sure if you were to do this, Riot would actually just find you. So maybe really? Riot needs to change. We need to find the like non Riot. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that you're yeah. not allowed to do as a player. Like, what do you? What else are you like, not allowed to do? I know you can't flip can't people take your off because I got fined for that. Previously. Yes, like I can't take off my headset. I can't alter for a game. Like, come on, man. Like, you think I'm gonna be able to swear across the room saying how, how the other top lane is trash after I beat them? I don't think so. So in in the NBA, this is this is an old story, but the Celtics. Uh, uh, they had a coach who, like, whenever they were about to win, and this was, like, when you could smoke indoors and stuff, he would light a cigar anytime that he was, like, sure that they were going to win, you know, uh, as soon as he felt like the game was in hand. And then they started having this player later on in, in, like, the Celtics history, and he was, like, this big ginger named Brian Scalabrini, and he was called the human victory cigar because anytime the game was over, they would put him in. We need, like, the equivalent for you of, like, the, the game is over, C9 is about to, like, go on to the Nexus. You need to have... We need to find something that you do every time that like the game's over. Whether it's like I don't know, can you unplug your mouse and keyboard early? You can't take your headset off, but like, what can you do that won't get you fined? <laughs> unplug your mouse. Yeah, like just start unplugging your stuff and like wrapping it up, you know, while the game's still going on. Like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like fun. I might do that if I remember it. If I don't know game. what the rules are, but yeah. you know, we don't want to get you in trouble. But Jack, yeah. Jack will pay it. For I mean, the first if I if time. I get fined, you know, it's Jack Jack is in chat, you know. Actually, it's probably just worth the social media, you know. There's 27 games. If you were if you were to get fined five thousand dollars for doing something after every game, that's only 135k. <laughs> only, yeah. Uh, nice. And, and we already talked about how much C9 is paying, so that's like a drop in the bucket. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Dan, Dan, Dave. Dave. Sorry, I almost called you Daniel. Dave. Uh. I'm going to award you. Wait. Where is it? Play. Play. Come on. Come, come on, play. Okay, hang on. We're almost there. Why is it not playing? Did I not tell it to? There we go. Game feel victory caller. Congratulations. Uh, we're gonna send you a case of game feel. Uh, and everybody, go find. Go. You can. What's your your TikTok name? It's at David Shinock. S Z A J N U K. I just post esports and a bunch of gaming content, but primarily focused on League of Legends and now venturing out to the VCS as well with NRG going in there. Nice. I know Valorant content is taking off, so uh, thanks for the call, and we will catch you. Oh, wait, do you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Uh, shout out to Alienware and LCS. Please make a TikTok. There's no excuse. Yeah. Agreed. Make a TikTok. All right. Uh, thanks. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right. Moving on to the next caller. Not stopping for... Oh, thing. actually, very good point. We are. I was. I was not keeping track of time. Shout out to Alienware. So tomorrow, June first, Alienware is having their Alienware update. It's a really big deal. I know I've been teasing this for a while, but they're announcing a bunch of different stuff. I can't say all of the stuff. In fact, I can't say any of the stuff. But I do know what some of it is, and uh, you can go check it out. Uh, they're 
Let's see. I want to make sure I get the timing right, so I'm, I'm looking at their their stuff. Uh, 2 p.m. Uh, on their Twitch channel. 2 p.m. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Either way, go check it out. Uh, you can you can find all the details on their social media. Uh, but if if it is if you're listening to this on June 1st, because you're listening to the VOD or the podcast, go check it out. Oh, it's 2 p.m. Central. 2 p.m. Central. So a little bit earlier for us folks on the Pacific side. A uh, lot of really cool stuff that is happening. They've got some different community members and some uh, cool gamer folks that are a part of this. Not me, unfortunately. I'm not part of it. They uh, they just told me to talk about it. You know, that's that's how, no. I'm just kidding. We love you. Twitch.tv/slash/alienware. That's where you can find all the information and uh, get ready because there's some cool stuff coming. And uh, if you do miss it, I'm sure I'm going to be talking about it. But they're going to present the data to you in a much cooler way. Uh, Chance the Rapper, one of their special guests tomorrow. Either way, thanks to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate them. Can't wait to check out the Alienware update and find out all the stuff that is coming your way soon. All right. On to the next caller. Uh, shout out to... Where are we? Oh, a bunch of people came in and subbed. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Will Young... Uh, you a lot. Thank you for the five gifted subs and the remote player. Thank you for the prime. And then Vincent gifted a sub to Portillo. Poor decision. Hiwa AI, Daniel N92, Dark King. I think I got everybody else. Purple Q, Botman. Does that sound right? Vero, Vero Salazar. Okay. Uh, we have our next guest here. Blue Frost, where are you calling from? Calling from a DFW where it's been constantly raining and constantly like, flood warnings and whatnot. Wait, really? It's just been raining a ton. We've had—I don't think it's been like three or four days without like a thunderstorm. Well, feel free to send that our way because in California we've just declared again after only a couple of years of not having one a drought uh, emergency. So, happily, we'll take some of your your rain. Hopefully, everybody's safe over there. Um, but either way, Blue Frost, what do you want to talk about on the show? So this is a bit interesting because we were talking about like hyping up social media presence, but I just like it was all funny in the beginning, but. The more I thought about how all like the Crab Nine memes about Blabber during MSI, the more I think that really just wasn't that good of a look because it almost looked like Blabber was being thrown under the bus. So I Are wanted you talking to ask about the Fudge, C9 Twitter. Yeah, I was like on t Twitter or whatnot. Just whoever just, they were memeing Blabber for like the Skull Crab stuff on. I'm just trying Twitter to figure out who 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 you are referencing. If it's specifically the Cloud Nine Twitter, or if you think like no one should be memeing the MSI performance or like include like the players or me and Mark or whatever, or, you know, who you think is at fault? Well, I say my overall, I just don't think an or I think an or should be like standing behind the players instead okay. of throwing them out of the bus. Okay. So it's the org that you, you take issue with those cloud nine stuff. Just that, just the fact that how they treat the whole situation, I don't think it was that good. Okay. Uh, so I want to ask. I know, I know he's there, Mark. We'll get to him in a little bit. But he says, "Put me in the call I right know, now." I know, I know. Let's just go through <laughs> our stuff first. All right. Uh, so my question was: Do you think the fudge? Do you think all the Crab Nine meme stuff affected Blabber's performance and like mental state or anything on the team during MSI? Because I just think it. Like, imagine that. I could just. I couldn't help but think that might have been just destroying his confidence. Wait, before Fudge gets it, I want Mark to answer this. What? What so, do you think of the Cloud9 social media stuff, and do you think it's bad that they were sort of memeing on Blabber and all that? 
Uh, so Portillo right now is very adamant in chat that he, like, you know, he's like, what, what tweet? Link it to me. And I think, uh, you know, they obviously were memeing the, the Crab9. I, I saw some of those. I think they even changed their name to Crab9. Yeah, uh, I think that was part of it. So, I mean, there's definitely some stuff. I don't know how much of that was, like, you know, directly saying blabber fuck up so much as, like, you know, Scuttlecraft fights aren't going well for us as a team. Who knows? Um, so, I, I don't know. The... This, the team memeing stuff, I, I don't know how it is at Cloud9, but I assume for a lot of teams these days, it's like relatively disconnected. And as long as it's not in bad taste, the player probably wouldn't care. But I know like social media stuff can influence a player. Like, you know, Blabber was getting roasted after the first couple of days of, of uh, the play or group stage. And so, like, you know, if he's going on Reddit and seeing people sh like just shit talking relentlessly, like, yeah, that stuff can influence a player. How much of that is. If, the, if it did influence him at all on the outside, I don't know. I mean, we can just get Fudge's answer in a second here. But, like, even if it did, how much of that is coming from C9 versus just, like, the, the greater community? I, I don't know. Um, so my, my answer to this is, uh, so after we initially started losing in the realm, uh, like, in, at MSI, even in the first stage, uh, Perks was always telling us, like, don't look at social media because it's just going to, like, make us play worse or it's just going to, like, put us in a worse mental state. So... I don't know how much Blubber looked at social media. I don't know how much it actually affected his performance. Um, but I don't generally think that like people are thinking about that whilst they're in game. Maybe they are. Uh, so I, I can't tell you like how much it affected his performance. I don't think that like Blabber played worse because of it. Um, and I also don't think that it was a, a lot of it was like, okay, so he was put in bad positions, I think by the laners a lot of the time when it came to like, crab situations for example when he was when like the famous nidalee flash on scuttle uh when i was playing jace versus Nar, i actually misplayed the lane pretty badly and i should have been able to just be on the crab whilst Nar is stuck under tower and about like eight seconds ahead of Nar um at the crab fight but i wasn't but of course no one is gonna like that's not obvious to like players that are that are just watching right and although obviously blabber shouldn't flash for the crab he should just give it if he does that, he's still in a really bad position, so he feels really desperate to get the crab. Uh, so he is in a, in a bad position in the game. Um, so I think a lot of like the crab situations aren't actually Blabber's fault. Uh, there was also the time where I died on Renekton to get the crab, and it was like not his fault either. And the time where I TP'd Bard, and then we fought Mad Lions at the crab, <laughs> and it wasn't that good either. And it's like it's it's not actually like. Okay, so Blabber could obviously look at his lanes and just judge the situation and just not die for the crap. But he is being put in a bad position by, like, the laners, uh, misplaying their lanes or miscommunicating how the lane will be um, to the point where, like, I think some of the blame could definitely be put on the laners, uh, including myself, I think, for a lot of it. Okay. Revenge so called you out. Don't worry. He was like, that top crab, that was, that was Fudge's fault on the Jace game. Yeah, I mean... Not getting the crab is my fault, yeah. Blabber yeah. dying obviously isn't my fault, but <laughs> no, he said that you you barely controlled him and made him flash, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Cool. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Wait, we did have revenge on recently, so we didn't have the os the three episodes in a row. We're losing track of time. Uh, okay. Well, this kind of brings us back to well, I, let me ask actually the caller, Blue Frost. What? Is your issue with the way Cloud9 handled the performance struggles on social media about, is it more about Blabber and trying to protect him or is it more about how they presented themselves 
and you know perhaps perhaps not making jokes out of unfortunate situations i i as, as fudge said you said personal saying you no know, don't look at socials or anything of that nature i would say one it in a way can can be taken as a bit unprofessional but then second like depending on you know is blabber seeing all this is any i guess any of this like any of the memeing is that if that's going into the team, if that's affecting his mental state, like so, it sounds like there's so less concern about the blabber, st- like personal blabber stuff, based on no, there's, it still is, but because again, if he's, you know, if he takes that the wrong way, then that could definitely affect his confidence. Uh, I think but it's very possible. Yeah. But if I mean, he's staying I, I, away. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Fudge. I mean, I personally think that like it's, it's very possible that like people obviously outside can say like it's a meme, right? And it is a meme, and maybe some players can't won't take it like badly. But I think there are players that will also take it like quite badly, and they'll like they're afraid of that situation, like that ha- like situation ever happening again, and they'll play maybe worse, maybe better. Like it depends, right? So we can't actually know for sure. It's like up to Blabber to actually say, right? But it is possible that tweeting that is bad, but it's also possible that it's like a, like doesn't matter, right? So I, I don't think it really like matters a lot what they tweet. I think it's like it's up it's up to them to like draw more impressions on Twitter, right? Like that's their job. And I don't think that I don't think that the players should ever I think it's up to a player to learn to cope with the social media aspect of playing poorly in games. Uh, so it's Portillo's job I, is yeah. to not care about the players and just get as many impressions on Twitter <laughs> as possible. <laughs> I mean theoretically, right? <laughs> Good, good to go. Okay, I'm happy. I mean, I, 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 I would hope with that characterization of his role. <laughs> I would hope that you know, if Portillo ever did tweet something, or anyone at C9 tweeted something that that offended its own players, they could go and be like, "Hey, uh, how about not doing that again?" <laughs> I mean, uh, but we'll see. Here's what I will say: I have always appreciated. I don't know, maybe it was when Portillo showed up or something like that. But at some point in time, okay, teams when they lose oftentimes just have the most boring social like a we didn't get the result that we wanted today but we'll get them next time or a disappoint an unfortunate showing from us today but tough match between this but we'll get them next time i really appreciate when a like a social media handle can at least bring a little bit of levity to the situation and perhaps create a little bit of positivity because i i kind of disagree with you caller where like i don't it, i would i would agree if it was like cloud nine's twitter account being like can blabber ever actually kill a scuttle crab find out next time right like but in, when they're just doing subtle things like embracing a community meme around crab nine instead of making it like this super serious thing where like everyone is is ragey or whatever you turn it into like a bit of a joke like and i i actually i mean not to go too broad on this but i actually think north america would benefit more from us turning our unfortunate appearances at international events into a little bit more of a meme and instead of being like ragey sulky whiny baby crybabies we are instead like Oh boy, here we go. It's us versus uh, world champions. Can we actually do this? And then make a joke about it whenever we don't. Like, that sounds like a way better experience and way way more entertaining than like, all right, guys, you know, it's we lost again. Wow, this is so terrible. 
there's enough of Mark and I are going to do enough of the second thing that like I think team social media handles can like try to try to lighten things up a bit. I I liked team social media this year. Even even the misfires were fun to talk about. I mean, yeah. TSM had that horrible one. You know, okay, that was that, that I was... mean, that's more dramatic, but <laughs> uh Dig also Jeez. had one that was that was pretty pretty bad. I can't remember what yes. Diggs was. Diggs had you a know, couple at least, ones. At least they're shooting their shots, you know. Yes. Yes, I'd much oh man, I'd much rather have team not obviously I don't want anything that's like insensitive, but I'd much rather have yeah. them them like push the limit a little bit than just be like boring as hell because I think the LCS has a little bit too much uh minding of our manners and I I think it's better to to play it a little bit more risky sometimes. Again, assuming I'm not referencing any kind of like insensitivity issues. Uh but yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess I kind of disagree, Blue Frost. I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. It was just uh, something I thought of after thinking about the whole thing more in depth. And I definitely do agree. I I was watching, VC, I was watching uh, Valorant Masters, and I liked how more flamboyant. I don't say flamboyant, but how more the players were willing to you know talk to smack and make their presence known. Yes. And also, NA NA went completely had a. Sentinels went completely undefeated, so. No, I mean it's cool. Boaster, yeah, that also helps too. Winning a tournament makes it a lot more fun. On yeah, but media. so yeah. Boaster was uh, this amazing player yeah, that I interviewed on Fanatic. He's on my. You can people can go check the interview with him. He's got a really cool story where he went from musical theater to uh, semi-pro C9 to, or sorry, C9 um, Counter Strike to vlogging for Excel and the LEC to going pro in Valorant, and he's just like super fun having a great time. I, I I see a lot of things in Valorant esports that I miss about League of Legends esports before everything got su super serious. So anyway, uh, I, I appreciate the Valorant call out. Hey, Blue Frost, anything you want to shout out before we uh, move on to the next caller? I'll just say shout out to the Fudge Coin, Fudge Stonks going up. It's just, it's just really surreal how he was, like Fudge was the most questioned player to the point that Instead of bringing in, say, a jungle sub, they brought Darshan as their like sixth player, and then Fletch just smurfed on everybody. Yeah. Okay. So, so but the reasoning behind Darshan coming is because like it, he's more, I guess he adds more to the team because obviously he has a lot of experience, but also he helps me in like one v ones because uh, no other role really does one v ones within our team. So he would like we would obviously like one v one a lot uh, during the tournament, and he'd add a lot of value in terms of like review for me. So I think that was like one of the main reasons why we brought Darshan. That's cool. Shout yeah, out to Darshan. True. Yeah, just and also we should I think NA's region should also look up to Sentinels, like, hey, we can compete internationally. They had no no imports, no not not even coaching staff. Shazam was doing all of that. He was like analyst, IGL, like shot caller and coach. We can still do it if we got the players. The, uh, the ecosystems might be slightly different across Valorant and League of Legends Blue Frost. I'm not sure. Uh, Look at the NBA, Travis. But how did we, how did we China... always crush the Olympics with basketball? How did China NBA perform? don't give up on league esports yet. How did China perform at the Valorant uh, event, Blue Frost? China wasn't even there. Like exactly. they don't. I don't think they even have servers yet. Some differences, still... I think. Some differences, yeah, I think. Blue Frost. Still, it just shows we can do well. But, Thank you so much for right, the call. Peace out. And I'll catch you next time. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you to the remote player, Dr. Noli, Eman, WTF, and Zachary GG. Yeah. 
I assumed you were going to go group. Okay, he's off. Zachary, GG, E-Man, WTF. Thanks to all the subs. Uh, we had 2,000 subscribers last week, and then we're now we're down to 1741. I don't know if we'll ever get back to 2K, but the dream is still there, and maybe one day with your primes we can do it. Anywho, we're waiting on Mark to grab the next caller in a second. Here they are. Basil is here. Basil, where are you calling from? I am calling from Atascadero, California. Where in California? Atascadero. It's like a redneck little shithole. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you for that characterization. I was going to say, I just hadn't heard of the city. Um, but Sorry about I, that. I appreciate it. Is, it. is it like Central California? I feel like I have oh, yeah, a much better yeah. understanding after you said that, though. Yes. Like... I, I, yeah. Anyway, Basil, let's talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, what What is your call for the night? I think that CLG in summer will be a top three team and will make it into Worlds. Oh my god, every fucking time. There's, Mark, do you ever get tired of pulling these CLG Hopium callers? No, because I don't know what it is. You know, like most fan bases, I don't want to torment. But something about the CLG fan base is just... Ah. Oh boy. I, I don't know. I assume... MSG is paying these people at this point in time because there's literally always one. Um, okay, Basil. First off, yes. sorry for teasing you. It's just, it is funny. Um, I think we get more of these types of calls than any other. What? Uh, what? What is your reasoning? My reasoning is, honestly, they did look pretty bad throughout almost the entirety of spring. But once Pobelter was unbenched, they came back they actually looked really good. I think in their final week, they took a game off of Cloud9. Paul Beltier looked really good. Roxa looked really good. Ben looked amazing, pretty much all split, in my opinion. I think Wild Turtle is just like a really proven, talented ADC. And the only like question mark is maybe Smoothie. But I think you have four really talented players. Like, Broxa made it two worlds. He was a quarter finalist. Actually, I think he was a... Wasn't he a finalist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... You have quite a bit of talent on the roster, and given how good they seem to be playing when they actually got the full roster together, I don't think it's that crazy that they could get third place, considering everyone in the league other than TL and C9 kind of looks pretty bad. You know who has a player who has a player that won Worlds? Evil Geniuses. Wait, what? Oh, I thanks. know. It's crazy. Uh, I, I'm just bringing that up to say we've got a lot of uh, finalists and TSM winners. made finals, C9 made finals, or like a player on these made finals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So. TL1 Worlds. Mark, <laughs> what do you think of this? You pulled it. You started. I don't know. Fudge looked like he was he was ready to hop in as soon no, as No, no, I made a commitment to Fudge okay. while you were in the call, where you were uh, in the, the waiting, picking people up. So, okay. I, uh, uh, I call her. Are you aware that CLG is. So, let me be, be clear. When you say they're finishing top three, you're, you're not saying regular season, or are you saying regular season two? I think they'll be a top three team, but I'm pretty sure it's mathematically impossible for them to actually hit like top three in the rankings. I, I mean, don't know it's not if it's mathematically, I don't think it's mathematically impossible. possible, but I think it's going to be, re it's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the teams it's has an eight, eight game lead on them, right? So. Well, it also doesn't matter because 
technically there's more games in summer than spring. So right. mathematically, you like fucking anything can happen. Right. Um, so on that front, you know, I don't think there's any where we'll see that she catches up. I mean, they they are seven games behind third place right now. I don't think they're going to rip off that many wins, and the teams above them are going to lose that many times. Uh, but even in playoffs, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're, they really struggle, I think. Uh, you know, like, they don't have many positions where you're like, wow, that is, like, better than their competition. I, I don't think that they, compared to the three top teams from spring and even arguably the fourth and 100 Thieves, are, like, going to struggle to go toe-to-toe with CLG that they're just going to be getting gapped in a, in a series. Um, maybe they can really work out some great synergy, but they have a lot of legitimate problems. <laughs> um, and, I mean, like, you can try and write off some of their, like, macro and decision-making stuff off the fact that, like, Broxa wasn't here. They had that, you know, usual issue. They, when they finally put Poe Belter back in, they, they did pick up some wins to end the season. I think they ended with, like, a 500 record, technically, for, like, the last four weeks or whatever it was. Uh, but even then, that is not making worlds. Like, a 500 record doesn't make worlds. So, like, I don't know wh- how they're going to unseat the, the teams above them. And, and just saying that they have, a, like, talent from, like, oh, this guy made finals, like, as Travis highlighted, like, literally every team has someone who has, like, basically made world finals or won worlds, depending Not on how far team. back you're willing to look. Uh, above them? Uh, everyone oh, above them. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were saying, like, every, every team, and I'm like... Uh, I guess 100 Thieves, not technically. Um, yeah, there you go. They'll get over 100 Thieves based off that. Yeah, um, for me... I think that CLG, other than Finn, maybe, I think all their players are, like, not even top five. not even Probably not even top six. So, yeah, I don't think they're making it out. I don't, I don't even think they're making it out of, like, the first stage of playoffs if they make it. So, yeah. I remember what's really interesting, because I've, I've been reflecting on this a lot. I kind of want to go back and find the caller, but... I remember in the off season, once teams were decided, there was a caller that came in, and I think they had a really smart take. Uh, maybe they would have been a game field victory caller now, if if I could. They argued, Mark, do you remember this? The caller who said that CLG was the bar, where all these teams that were bringing in new talent and really mixing it up and bringing in like a ton of academy folks had to perform better than CLG because CLG was going like the tried and true method of like. Let's take some veterans that like haven't performed very fantastically recently and let's stick them on a team and see if we can like rejuvenate it. And it was sort of like if if they can't if they perform above CLG, then this was like a good call. Do you remember that, Mark? Yeah, I remember that. And then I remember they went five and thirteen. Right. And so I'm just saying I've thought about this take a lot. I've thought about CLG's performance compared to some of the other teams. I mean, uh, the Golden Guardians is the only team that underperformed them, but like with FlyQuest and Immortals and stuff doing the stuff, it, or having the success they have had, and Dig especially, it certainly feels like, well, Dig has, but it certainly feels like uh, the sort of old method uh, has failed. Because I think CLG did what a lot of teams would previously have done, like what a FlyQuest or a golden guardians or whatever immortals would have done in previous years which is like who hasn't been doing great lately and we'll throw them onto a team and see how they can do and i just i think it's and it's interesting to see you seem to to not like this but i 
I, just I don't know. I, I just wasn't sure what you were saying for half of that. I got you now. Um, I mean, it's hard to evaluate how good their their game plan really was because they benched Poe Belter before it even started, and Broxa couldn't get here until into the season. So, like, I don't know. It seemed. I don't. I, I don't like the idea of of you know taking together a bunch of veterans and just hoping it works, which is how it kind of felt. Yeah, I don't know. And then yeah. All no right, flame to CLG yeah. management, but I don't think they're doing a good job. We can move on now. <laughs> We've spent far longer talking about CLG than Fudge ever wanted to tonight. He he didn't think he'd have to say their name, and now we've been talking about it for like five, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh Basil, thank you so much for the call. Uh do you do you any any parting rebuttals before I give you your shout outs? I will say I know like the big thing is they would there are a lot of veterans who think they'd be a bit more consistent stuff like that but early on they had i think a super high first blood win rate and they were doing really well it's just they kind of had throws which i think are kind of like things you can come together and maybe like coach or like kind of solve rather than just like them being bad or washed players but i think i agree with most of what you guys said it is a bit of a stretch uh shout out to alienware and shout out to game fuel and thank you for having me yeah thanks so much for calling in basil appreciate it Thank you. There's always one at the start of every split. There's always the CLG Hopium caller, uh, straight from the CLG sub. You know, at this point in time, maybe they're changing their names and using voice modulators. Uh, Fudge, have you ever heard the saying "brevity is the soul of wit"? Are you like, speaking English just then? No, it's a quote from smart people who basically just say like, if you can say something succinctly, like it's usually a sign that you're intelligent. And the fact that you could wrap up that entire call in, you know, like one sentence was a sign that you're you're quite the clever lad. <laughs> lad, yeah, nice, nice terminology there. I like that terminology. Good one. Okay. I want that one from from Swipe, yeah. Okay, well, let's grab the next caller and then we'll take a break. Uh, thank you to. Oh, I scrolled down a little bit. Okay, Fish Emulsion. Thank you for the ten months. Tier one, fudge. I love you. Top gap. That's what they said. It's very nice of them. Love you, buddy. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but love you, buddy. Uh fudge. Do you stream? I don't stream. I should Why? stream. That seems like such a, a valuable thing to do to brand build. You're right. Actually, I'm I'm too lazy. Uh, I swear, every single person I talk to just flames me for not streaming. Could You're not you flaming me, but yeah. Could you stream your one v ones against Darshan? I could. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. That's interesting, actually. Maybe I could do that, yeah. Squid, thank you so much for uh, joining. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, London, Ontario, Canada. London, Ontario. Another Canadian caller. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, basically, I had a question for Fudge. Um, huge fan, by the way. Um, I was wondering um, how he gets uh, good practice in the LCS and in the NA solo queue environment. And... Like what kind of things he looks to do in terms of self-improvement and both in terms of like game skill, game knowledge, things like that, and um, mental improvement. So like dealing with high pressure situations and um, like best of five series, things like that. Um, Mark, first, let me throw this call to you. What, <laughs> what do you think about Fudge's pr uh, practice and his ability to perform and get better? Uh, I think Fudge's practice habits are terrible. Uh, I don't think he'll ever get better. Um, so, you know, 
I hope he says something really impressive here to change my mind. Okay, awesome. boom. Okay, so for the mental part of this, your question, I think most of it is like uh, experience. Obviously, like when I first started playing Lock-In, I was like pretty nervous a lot of the games. And a lot of the time you don't get, like when, when you're playing LCS, like now when I play LCS, I'm probably not going to be nervous, right? Because I played against like much better players. I think most of the time it's just like experiencing playing against the players and then you realize that they're like, when you first play against them, you think like you think really highly of them, right? Because you're playing against Alfari, you're playing against Someday, and you think they're like really insane players. And then slowly, once you start playing against them more, you realize that like they're not good and they're just like they just play like how everybody else plays, and they make a lot of mistakes. And um, it's sort of like just playing against them that you realize that. Um, and for improving myself, I think mostly it's just watching. It's watching people internationally. I think uh, focusing on NA is like really, it makes it really hard for you to improve in general um, because people don't really do anything outside of the ordinary. Um, and I think the biggest difference between NA and like the other regions is just mechanical uh, skill on like most champions. I think like playing against like international players, they're definitely smarter, but I think the biggest difference when you play against them is that they just play a lot better on the champions that they are playing. And watching other people play champions especially from like Korea or China. Um, you learn a lot about what the champions can do and their limits, their damage. Um, and I think that's the main thing I try to focus on. And I wouldn't even say that I'm like insane at improving either. I just think that a lot of the other people in NA aren't really uh, that, they don't really care as much, I guess. Okay, um, there's a lot to dive in there. Uh, Mark, I have a question, a quick question. Were, did you pull anybody about the double F ping video? Oh, no, I shouldn't see anything about okay. that. Yeah, we forgot to mention that at the start of the show, too. We're, we're idiots. Uh, what yeah. about the Mythy replay system video? No one no one, was no one had a take on that? Okay. Uh, well, so I maybe we can turn this into like a, an overall thing. Bjergsen quote retweeted me uh, with that Mythy thing, and even he endorsed like the replay thing, said it's really frustrating not to have it. So I, I want to throw a couple of these questions while we're on the practice topic to, to fudge so one given that you say it's really hard to get better and and a and you like learning from other players do you think you would use the replay system a lot if you were able to get access to replays from all the different games like how impactful would that be for you as a player yeah so having replay files allows you to like so basically like in lck games for example uh you can only see like the broadcast and what they're seeing right having replay files would basically allow you to like go through the game on yourself and watch like what exactly you want to watch. So this is basically just like an extra weight of odd review. And I think it'd be extremely helpful. Um, I think that's, uh, it's kind of weird because for example, for ProView, I know that China had it for MSI, but I don't think the Western teams actually had access to any of the ProView. So it's really hard for the Western teams to like get access to it unless you're like going through some like weird YouTube channels. Um, and I think that would also be extremely helpful, um, which is kind of sad that the Western teams don't get any access to like ProView uh, from Riot. Um, I mean, so, theoretically, so, that's a that's a strategic advantage for all of you. Well, you can't access it, but the fact that there are additional streams that you could study individual players from the LPL, and there that doesn't exist for LCS players, it it would be a strategic disadvantage for them if you guys could all access it, right? Yes, it it, it would be a strategic disadvantage. Yes, for them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make the case that um, 
people like getting pro view specifically where you're seeing mouse movements and clicks and all those things like i could see an argument maybe being like okay you, you don't need to disperse those throughout the whole world um especially because like everywhere every region might have their own thing um and they were in person so that they could do that i know like na couldn't do pro view partially because they were not in studio um but i think at least like replay files itself for official matches is something that should be implemented um more so than the the pro view angle about like making sure everyone has access to pro view vods around the world um be, I, I don't know that's Pete, my personal take on that but peter dunn in the chat from eg said c9 are the only na team that got the replay files from msi does that mean he thinks c9 should share those files with the rest of the league and fudge answered yes because he's active in the twitch chat right now so yeah so i mean I, I don't see why i mean i think it's like very weird not to if if we're arguing that the rest of the world should share replay files with us we should also i mean we should also share with the rest of na right if we have the msi files i mean uh, also on, yeah. on a competitive level if, if i was coaching i'd say go fuck yourself to everyone who didn't have the replay files because like i'm gonna get every leg up i can but i think like riot should provide every pro team with every region's like replay files uh yeah. do you think riot just is the pro one teams in control work? of this yeah what's that do you think just pro teams um, I mean, for capacity reasons, sure. Like, I don't, I don't know where they want to host that's going to have people downloading and pulling from and all this stuff. I mean, who knows how much it actually gets used by non-pro people. Um, but at the very least, I, I assume it's a lot easier to... I mean, what if they just e gave it to somebody else who wanted to host it, right? Like if Leaguepedia wanted to host it or something. Like they just said, here's the files you deal with the bandwidth. I, I mean, if they if that makes I don't know the technical limitations. Like, yeah, I, all I'm asking is like if bandwidth wasn't an issue, do you philosophically agree with the? Oh, idea Oh yeah, of if bandwidth's not an issue and there's no like security things about like hey now you have tr files you know like then yes they should they should be free for everyone to yeah. to look into I think. Um. Okay, so then or, or make people pay. I don't care. Fuck it. Put it like make it like ProView. We're like you know fans could buy ProView. Make it so that you can buy this. I, I don't. I don't really care about that. I, I just mean like a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we would even use them uh, like for Run It. My amazing video editor who who does that show with the, all the motion graphics. He's asked repeatedly if we can get access to the replay files because we you know you can use those to create like the really cinematic shots that they do that the teams are able to create for their stuff and that riot is able to create for their stuff but like generally speaking other content creators youtubers etc can't do that so we would even use it um i oh so fudge the other question while we're on the practice stuff is uh doublelift released that video talking about the ping issues in north america and you know asking why riot can't solve for that you came. You come from Oceania, where the ping I know is low. If you're in Sydney. Yes. Were you in Sydney? I was not in Sydney. I was in Melbourne, which was like 20. So yeah, it was, okay. it was really low. Still, still really good. Yeah. How much, for you personally, how much of a big deal do you think the ping difference is? Because you also mentioned like some players are just way better in other regions. I don't know if you think our players would be better if they had lower ping, or if you think it's not a thing. I don't know. Um, I think there are some things that you can do mechanically with champions um, that you actually cannot do with 50 ping compared to 8 ping. And I think that this, like, like this argument can be made, but 
but I still think that a lot of like NA players don't even make use of like what their champion can do on 50 ping. Uh, so that argument can only be made for like some players or some players on certain champions. Um, obviously, like I think 50 ping is like worse than 8 ping, right? And I don't know how hard it is for Riot to actually implement 8 pings like LA servers, right? Um, but uh, I do think it's like important, but I don't think it's like the number one most important thing when it comes to like why NA is bad. Like if, if we were f theoretically to get 8 ping uh, in solo queue, I don't think it would make NA magically win more games at Worlds or MSI. No, not even more games. Well, I think it's I, I think it's very arguable. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to, to his point, like, would we suddenly be better than Europe? Because that's basically the region that's above us most directly. Maybe you could argue LMS um, based off, like, the most recent stuff. But, you yeah. know, like... Am no, I glitching no, no, out? Or, or no, you're, no, you're, glitching you're glitching out. out. Can you turn your camera? I'm well, also Fudge, glitching Fudge out. Fudge had his I keep, screen I keep all going. My and bad, then, my and bad. then Mark, your stuff bad, also got weird. Maybe you can turn your... Okay, it looks like it's okay. I'll that stop all tabbing, guys. My bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. Fudge barely paying attention to this show. Uh, it's you know it's the fact that our players aren't focused. I think that causes us the most issues when we go international. Oh, Mark, you can. It's still happening. You can just turn your webcam off and on again and yeah. Skype. I bet you it, it fixes it. Um, okay. Well, caller, I know we went off topic a little bit, but I really wanted to get to these uh, these things. So I mean, I I have more more on this as well, which I think is interesting. Oh, caller, do you have any follow ups on anything we've said so far? Yes, actually. Um, one of the points Fudge made about ping actually uh, ties into a follow-up question I had, which was which of the excuses we, or reasons, I guess, we constantly hear from people around like League of Legends and uh, LCS, like ping, player base, et cetera, et cetera. Which of these reasons do you think is most holding us back? And which of these reasons is actually just like an excuse that doesn't have as big of an effect as what's our make best it excuse. Be. What's our worst excuse? Okay, okay, so like the thing that I think is least least like uh, influencing why NA is bad, I I can't think of any. I guess it's like I don't think that a lot of the things that people target are actually why NA is bad. Uh, but I wouldn't say like they're wrong for saying it. Like it is true. Like ping is like important to like have low ping as a pro player. It is also important to have a high player base as, as a server, right? Um, if I were to say what the biggest problem is, it's probably like uh, culture within um, North America and also mentality of players and also how much people actually want to improve in NA uh, and why they want to improve. Because I think people have already pointed it out a lot where like there's a lot of people that actually don't care about being pro players. They're more... They're more incentivized to actually be streamers or content creators uh, because some people don't really want to be pro players. It's a lot, I mean, it's just like a culture thing, I think, mainly. But uh, this is a very long topic that I'm not going to get into anymore. So. Well, I do. I want to dive in really quickly. I know, I know Mark has a couple of questions, but just a couple quick follow-ups on that because when you say culture, everybody goes, oh, it's because all these LCS pros just like to go party in Hollywood and hang out with celebrities or go drinking the night before games or all this kind of stuff. Do you think like, what, what do you mean by culture? Is that kind of what you're getting when at? I mean, or when, I, it... when I say culture, I mean mostly people actually making excuses. Uh, I think NA players in general make a lot of excuses. Um, and I think this could be seen as one of them is like the stuff that people talk about with NA. 
uh, even though they're like, it's an excuse, but it's not necessarily wrong. Uh, but I think that there are many things that NA players could do that they don't do um, that no one really points out, I feel like. Mark. Do I have permission to talk now, Travis? Yes. On my on my own show, I can I can get a get a word in, maybe. Uh, I was gonna say, what degree of difference do you think it is between? Because like you know, there's a lot of problems where people try it out every time, like you said, and it's like kind of death by paper cuts. Where I don't think anyone should. I don't think any single one of them is like this is the problem. Solve this and we're good. Uh, but like, do you think there's a big, like? huge degree of difference between those kinds of ping and population and some of the outside of our control ones versus the inside of our control ones, like you're saying, which is more attitude and, and culture of the scene. Like, is, is there a huge difference or do you think it's all of it just kind of contributing? Um, I think focusing on what we can control is much more important, but it seems like people don't want to do that. Um, well, not many people want to do that. I know some, I know some people within the scene are like happy to like point out like, problems that we can control right um but uh I, I wouldn't say that i can't really say that there's like a difference in the amount of impact that each problem would have because i don't actually know that uh for sure but i think people t tend to generally focus on things that not necessarily out of the control like it's not it's in their influence like they can influence whether it happens like double is making the video influences whether or not riot will change the ping issue right but uh people in general like especially players and teams tend to focus on things they can't really control that's what it feels like to me at least what are the things they can control where they practice the amount of work the amount of hours they put into practice the amount of focus they have when they practice do you think we practice less than eu for instance because there's been some criticism of the fact that na dropped the third scrim block but uh i heard we did that to match the eu pros yeah i mean i don't think it's like i think it's mainly like solo queue in terms of like the hours uh i think it's pretty obvious when you go on like the solo queue ladder the amount of hours na players have and i'm not even saying that i practice a lot i think i practice less than i should uh, in terms of solo queue um where I only play like six or seven, six games a day when I could be playing like way more than that, right? Like you look at Korea and China and they're playing like immense amounts, right? Which could be debatable whether or not that's good or bad. I don't think that's like the most important thing. I think also practicing like with purpose is more important as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think there are, there are a lot of things that it would take many hours of an episode to go through. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's it's what fans love talking about, though. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the amount of solo queue ones always interesting to me because I I had pointed that out quite a few times in the past about like you just look at raw number of games and it's like okay, Crown played a thousand in spring split and like you know our closest is you know usually around like five hundred or something. Uh, but I mean, part of that's also queue times. Like as I understand it, NA high ladder queue times are booty hole um compared potentially to china or korea if you want to slam games um that's true. that's true uh the other thing i was gonna ask which is way back at the start of the conversation which i thought uh i don't know if we want to go all the way back there we only have one more caller anyway so uh i don't know if you mind uh but it was about when you said like international players uh you know do things better generally and like that's where you see a lot of like the mistakes that na will have when they go up against international players uh, is there anything specifically that you can think of from the games you played where you're like, this is something that someone did to me that people at NA hadn't done to me? Like, 
just because we talked about like the Jace versus yep. Nar, like was that something that just you misplayed, or was that something like the Nar did something that you didn't see other Nars and NA doing in that matchup? Um, for that game specifically, I don't really have a specific example. I think a lot of that was just me misplaying. Hmm. That I, I wouldn't say like Evy. I think in that game was who I was playing against played anything like crazy well. Um, I think an example of what people do is, uh, for example, when I was playing Lucian versus Malphite against Jahu, uh, and I was playing Malphite. Sorry. Right. Um, I don't think many NA teams punish the matchup as well as they did when it comes to uh, crashing waves with their jungle, matching jungle timing. I think there was also a lot of timings where a player would crash a wave uh, and they would match a wave crash to the jungle camp respawn. Um, and I think a lot of NA players or NA teams don't actually do this where uh, Dam one as a team that I know that we noticed a lot in mid game and in early game, but they would match uh, wave crash timings to the jungle camp respawn and invade the enemy jungler. Uh, and sort of just fuck over the enemy jungler. Um, and I think it's a lot harder to play as a team against these sort of teams because they just think about a lot more, a lot of different plays compared to NA teams. And I think like jungle jungle re respawn uh, is something that I don't think a lot of NA teams abused uh, compared to international teams. Cool. Call it caller. Have we uh, ran the run the gambit for you? Yeah, it was a, a great conversation. Uh, yeah, it was dope. It was any, awesome. Any shout-outs you, ha shout you have for us? Uh, so, yeah, uh, shout-out you guys, of course. You guys uh, have a great show. Shout-out Fudge. That's my dog. Um, shout-out the Busty Boys. I play with them. Uh, we play uh, ARAMs and some Flex Qs, some good times. And uh, shout-out the sponsors, of course. Uh, Game Fuel, Alienware, good stuff. Um, oh, also shout-out uh, the ARAM stream you did today. I got in a game, so that was really fun. Nice. Almost won a fridge too. That was pretty unlucky, but <laughs> hey, you win thank, some, you lose some. Thank you, thank you, Gamefield, for the the stream earlier today. In fact, we'll talk about that now. But thank you so much, Squid, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right, catch you guys later. Take care. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Gamefield, our sponsor for the show. Really appreciate them sponsoring so much of what we do. Gamefield.com/slash/travis now links to my page. You can go see the cool little page that they've built for me. I shouldn't say little. It's a big page. There's awesome stuff on it. Uh, but also I'm going to do exclamation mark game feel in the chat. People can go click the links there to purchase game feel. You can use Travis uh, for 5% off at checkout, which is awesome that they're able to get a uh, discount in for folks that do that. And when you do purchase something, if you tweet at us and let us know uh, about your purchase, that's always very helpful. Uh, and earlier today, you might have missed it, but we did a really cool community ARAM stream with Nemo from uh, CLG, one of their streamers. She's a, a wonderful person who beat my community with her community three out of the four games. So that felt unfortunate. But uh, thank you so much to Gamefield for everything that they do to support the show. We love them. They're fantastic. And if you just... If you're watching on YouTube, just do me a favor. Just click the link. Just look at their page. Just check it out a little bit. Click around a bit. Learn about the product. That stuff is just really helpful, even if uh, perhaps you're not in a situation to to purchase. It's just always nice when people go look at this stuff. So thank you so much to Gamefield for sponsoring the show. All right, on to our last caller. Mark is off to get him right now. I off put this. I put it off for a long time. We have to do it, though. If you can't answer it, you can't answer it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I know what this. is. Okay, Fisher Wilson, uh, yeah. awesome. thank you for 10 months, and the Slather Post, thank you for the 21 months. Very much appreciated uh, for the subs. Subs are always nice, you know? You guys throw your primes. It's great. 
Sir William of York is here to talk about Sven getting benched, I believe. Sir William of York, are you in York right now? Not actually. Uh, my, my name, I'm from uh, Massachusetts. One of my friends in high school just started calling me. My name's Will. They started calling me Sir William of York one day, and I just liked it, so I stuck gotcha. with it. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the the history. Either way, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take is about the Sven situation. Um, so basically... I don't feel like, I mean, obviously I don't have any like special insight or anything, but I don't feel like Sven is um, being benched. I feel like be uh, because of C9's history of like sort of flipping players, they're actually using their buffer from Spring Split uh, and their lead in the standings to advertise King and sort of put him in an, a situation to like sell in the future. Fudge, is this a marketing opportunity for Jack? to cash in on king and also to develop the um the academy teams like with sven i'm sure sven being on the academy will be great for them yeah uh i think sven is probably like one of the most most helpful teammates when it comes to like criticism um i think he like actually gives really well thought out criticism really like uh logical and i think it's i think he's actually probably one of the best teammates i've had so uh, I think him being in academy is going to help a lot, um, like especially the other academy players. And I already know from talking to them that they feel like he's helping a lot uh, when it comes to like their improvement as well. Um, for like the reason, I obviously can't say. So yeah, okay. Mark, can we time can for we you process? and I to have fun. All right, or maybe it's just going to be us speculating. I was going to say, is there any portion of process of elimination that we can at least like strip out some of these reasons? Like, did Jack? Come sit you guys down and be like, hey, we're giving King a shot because I want to sell him yeah, yeah. In, in winter. Like, is I, that... I assume you can say that that's not it. Maybe it is it. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Everything's but on the table for it's speculation. There. It's there. We figured it out. Uh, no. I, I, so, caller, I, I, as much as Fudge might be memeing, I have a really hard time believing that that's it. Um, there is something that I I want to remember to ask Fudge about the like should should C nine even be playing the first couple of weeks take but my guess is that this is a a throwback to sort of the the sneaky not trying hard enough Reaper thing that happened before that you know it's pure speculation I haven't heard anything but my guess would be Zven not happy after MSI fudge says he gives really nice criticism, uh, but perhaps he, there were other things that he was really frustrated with. And this is a, a, a hockey penalty box moment for Sven to cool down post Iceland. Mark your guesses. Um, I expect you're closer than the caller is given the wording that Jack had in the initial tweet video. Uh, that I saw where he said, like, I think he said, I'm paraphrasing, like, Sven is looking forward to the opportunity of earning his spot back or some, something along those lines, yes. which makes it sound less like a, it's just a showcase. And there's no want... chance you got benched for performance, right? If you have to earn your spot back, that implies that you have, like, lost something and you need to earn it back. And if it's not... or. or... I mean, it it could be like you said. Maybe maybe it's like when you say earn, like just just like hey, take a moment, chill out, kind of thing. Like yeah, that's my point. That, it's that's, like that's a, guys, 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 guys. We all know it's just OC nepotism. Okay, we don't have to talk <laughs> about this anymore. 
It's just OC nepotism. That's all it is. Uh, well, is I Jack just, secretly I, from Australia? Do we not know where Jack's from? It's hard for me. It's just it's hard for me to imagine. Like it's not. It's if he has to earn it. It doesn't. I doubt that it's earning based off performance issues. It's hard to imagine. It's anything other. I've been do. I've been in this business long enough that if I was to bet, if I was in Vegas and I was betting money on what it was, uh, it would be that. And I I'm guessing you're in the same camp, Mark. Yes. Yeah, I I would probably bet on that as well. I mean, for example, to go for another point against the the caller's potential uh, angle would be like look at Fudge and Licorice, like. Fudge ended up starting over Licorice, but it wasn't like Jack put Fudge in the year before. You know, I think they've done that enough times that they don't always need to, uh, you know, show show a talent off to move it. You know, Diamond and Palafox went and got traded without that. You know, like not to mention this is risky. If this is the case, like why pick King into LCS? Because what if there's a chance he underperforms because he's like nervous or something like that? I also don't think that you need, like, scouts aren't necessarily like, oh, if only I'd seen this player perform in the LCS to decide whether or not I should acquire him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it definitely indicates either, in my opinion, uh, a personality or performance thing, but I didn't see, I, I didn't think there was anything on the rift uh, that showed, like, oh, C9 is just losing games, bot. Got to got to got to shape up. Got to shake up bot lane or something. So let's yeah. get the the. I want a Kaiser Permanente episode of their uh, their there. There was a, a toxicity episode that they did recently, and I want I want a review of that. Wait, one they have a, they have a Kaiser Permanente show? Yes, uh, yes. It's called Yeah. Mind. Check it out. Presence of Mind. <laughs> so so I don't want to make jokes about it because they. <laughs> They ha it's it's a, a cool thing that they're doing around mental health awareness, and they were doing it, I think, for Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe it's – I apologize if I was making jokes about, about this. I just – it is interesting. Like, it, they had a toxicity episode recently, so the idea that, like – anyway. Uh, I, I think, think uh, cool the content can be good. The Kaiser Permanente thing was just funny to me. You know, like well, American health care. They sponsor it. I know, I know, I know. We can't legends. look. We're not going to shit talk Cloud9 sponsors when we have a, one of their players on the show. I think it's amazing what Kaiser Permanente is doing, and they're doing a wonderful stuff service for the industry. And uh, I think it's great that they sponsor Cloud9. Are you going to talk with Kaiser I Permanente? I love Kaiser Permanente. Are we I'm about not going to talk with them? Kaiser? But I don't. I. It is through the goodwill of the teams that their players appear on this show, and I will never. Travis, ask who my healthcare provider is. I will never besmirch. Kaiser Permanente. Uh, there we go. Okay. Catastrophic plan. I think that means like if my knees explode, I can maybe get surgery on them. But anything else, I pay out of pocket. I'm not quite sure. Something like that. Anyway. Anyway. Sir, Sir William, <laughs> we disagree with. Uh, so he says, what is this Kaisa thing? Uh, Sir William, we, we disagree with your take. I don't think it is uh, because of marketing the players. Um, so I don't, I, I guess, I guess that's unlikely. I don't know if you have a rebuttal. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I also was curious to get your guys' thoughts because obviously I'm just some like internet rando and you guys are, I mean, Fudge is on the team. <laughs> he uh, can't share that much, but you guys are very like embedded in the esports industry. And so, um, I appreciate that. I didn't necessarily mean like purely as a marketing thing. I just, I don't know. I guess Licorice was on. The uh the team for a couple of seasons, like starting in the LCS, and he was he was considered like one of the best top laners. But I was just thinking of like situations like that, um, where 
there like people were playing and then uh c9 sold them for like exorbitant buyouts or whatever yeah yeah i mean like to that point like c9 is not an org that is afraid to move a player up if they think they're better like licorice over uh impact that happened um you know like but i feel like the messaging around it if it was just like hey we legit just think king is better straight up there would be a little bit different messaging around it probably right um so agreed okay well sir william i'll let you hang out for a second while i ask fudge this somewhat pseudo related question Fudge, there was discussion, I think we had like a discussion one or two episodes ago about if, given that you guys have such a big lead, is there a world, and you mentioned that you think like NA players aren't as good as some of these other players. Is there a world where it would have made more sense for you to, for for the main Cloud9 roster to like stay in Europe or go boot camp in Korea or something like that and spend like a month over there scrimming some of the other teams, playing in those solo queues, and then coming back and finishing the split out after having the academy team play for the first several weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been discussion about, about it within C9, actually. Um, and I think one of the downsides to it could be that you have to quarantine for two weeks when you go to Korea initially. Um, and the quarantine is very possible that you get really bad internet. It's also possible you get decent internet, but it's possible that you get bad internet. So it's very possible that you would actually just be two weeks stuck in a hotel uh, doing nothing, basically, because you couldn't play. Uh, and there's been many cases on like that you read on the internet about how like people who go to Korea have really bad internet. Um, I've also talked to some boot campers that have gone there and had the same experience. So uh, I think C9 isn't really planning to do it whilst you have to quarantine. But um, I do know that we've talked about doing it after the split before Worlds. Um, and we'll have to see once that happens if we actually have time to do that. But uh, C9 in general has been very, like they're always trying to look for ways to like bootcamp in Korea. What about uh, where, like, what about Europe? Because theoretically, the European player is better than an A. If you don't need to be here for four weeks, you could take those four weeks and just. That's true. Yeah. Um, we we don't really talk about Europe, but I, I do think that European solo queue from playing it uh, isn't as uh, rewarding. Uh, as Korea, but uh, more rewarding than Korea. NA. It is more rewarding than uh, like NA, right? But there's a lot of like trade-offs and. Theoretically, uh, scrimming G two and Mad Lions is better for you than scrimming. Yeah, I agree. There, there, are, there are trade-offs that are outside of like this, right? There's, there's a lot of trade-offs to do with going on a boot camp and yeah, uh, living like somewhere else in a yeah. hotel and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, hey, Sir William, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, just a shout out to Alienware and Game Fuel and Budge for not tilting off the face of the earth after the lock-in tournament and his insane growth trajectory. Um, and um, shout out to my girlfriend for listening to me talk about League all the time. And I'm allowed to shout myself out, right? Sure. Okay. I uh, stream pretty much every weekday on Twitch. Um, and I make informative YouTube content about League. Where, I mean, is what is your handle? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, my Twitch handle is uh, twitch.tv slash sirwilliamofyork21. There we go. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, winding down the show here. Mark, what do you got? Hello. What do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? Uh... 
Anything. Uh, uh, LCS. The dive. LCS starts the dive. We're recording it tomorrow. I think we're doing another fantasy season uh, with the people from Face Check, so that'll be fun. Uh, I got a bunch of meetings tomorrow. Uh, yeah, shout out to Fudge for coming on, and a bunch of C9 people for being in the chat. I don't know. Very good, Fudge. What do you want to shout out? My Twitter. Go follow me at FudgeKiki. What, what I want to see a hundred followers. What? Okay, hundred followers. Let's see where. What are you at right now? I don't know if if, if it delineates it. I can't see the exact number, but you're at twenty three point one. So hopefully we can get you to twenty three point two at the very least. Fudge Cakey, it's on the screen. Everybody go. I'll put it in the chat. Uh, the uh, what is your TikTok? Where can people follow you on TikTok? I, I don't have I don't have a TikTok, man. I should get one though. You don't have an Instagram either, according to Portillo. Mateus just perma flames me, man. What's wrong with that guy? Okay, so you don't have Instagram, you don't have TikTok, you have a—I mean, your Twitch. I don't, don't have Twitch, on. bro. I don't—I don't stream. The only thing I have is Twitter, man. Just follow me on Twitter, please. I'll start streaming you, soon. You, one day. You picked the worst monetization platform to use. <laughs> hey, it's getting better. Pretty soon, people are gonna use the um, the tipping jar, tip jar, which I don't have unlocked, but. I would love it if I got it. I don't think I, I need to be tipped. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's true. C9 is at the bottom of the rankings in C9 terms of salary is efficiency. is the 10th place team, so. In the salary 10th place team in terms yes. of efficiency. Think yeah. of how so. many tips you could get if you're like, hey, guys, I'll lock in Timo this Sunday if I get over $1,000 in tips or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's legal, but maybe. Is it not? The thing is, it's so new. I don't think Riot has any rules around it. Yes. Maybe Mark is just trying this episode to get you so many fines. He's like, yeah, unplug your peripherals. I'm, game. I'm helping with engagements. They just often carry the chance of a fine. Worth the fine. It's worth the fine. <sighs> okay. First off, uh, shout out my revised video of the LCS rankings. Go check it out. Shout out Epic Games and Brandon Sanderson for their amazing collab around Mistborn in Fortnite. Riot Games, too cowardly to add Brandon Sanderson content to their game. Actually, Talon is supposedly based off of Mistborn. Did you know that, Mark? Is, is it? Somebody said Talon, like, that. I, I think in a Twitter reply chain, people said that. And then I started to think about Talon, and he... It does work. He's got, like, a miscloak. He's got a mist cloak and he throws metal blades out and retracts them. Yes. Which is not the furthest thing. Yes. I always thought Rel was a bit of a, t a cat tip as well, considering she has like Fura metal thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I would love it if we could get that answer because um, it's pretty. That cool. didn't get me to play Fortnite. I installed it and then saw that it was just a skin pack and I uninstalled it. I bought the skin pack and I recorded it. I need to release it as a little video for people that are curious about it. But I was going to tweet the video of it. Okay. Wait, Fudge, do you ever read any books? No, I don't read the books that you guys are talking about. Okay. What books what, do you do read? You, do you read any books? I read Dashaun books. Dashaun oh, no. is like a, a spiritual kind of guy, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. interesting. Okay. He's a legend. I love Dashaun. Very good. Well, yeah, his his are you know what? ours are spiritual too. They make you think a lot about life. All right. Awesome. So they're anime in written form. They're not. Okay. Don't fucking be smirch. Brandon Sanderson. This just shows. This just shows your own 
fucking biases, all right, that you think anime is something to be negatively compared to. I have a bunch of stuff coming out uh, this week. Go check it out on YouTube. And uh, that's Hotline League episode one. I want to say it's 175, right? Yep, 175. Thanks so much, Fudge, for coming on, and we'll catch you all later.